A young man ends up working at a radio station where he begins to relay his life story on the air. One which involves his parents abandoning, abandoning him as a child and his never-ending search to find out what happened to them. Hello, everyone. I'm Carol Leger. I'm Connor Izagiri. And welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. So today, we're going to be talking about the absolutely serious trauma. I'm kidding, it's not trauma. I know that sounds like I just described trauma, but it's actually a comedy that's been hated like widely by critics. Exceptionally hated, I should say. It's kind of funny. Um, but has found an audience. It's uh, I know when I was a kid, I heard about this film a lot. A lot of people seem to really like it. Um, and that is Joe Dirt, or Dirte, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Uh, this is a film, like I said, it's developed a very sizable cult following. Um, I, I would say it's getting damn near close to that. I'm being cult, people just think this is one uh, a grade A comedy in general, and one David Spade's best. Um, to, uh, but it grew to the point where a sequel was made over a little over a decade later. Um, I want to say it was like 14 15 years later. Um, and now considered by many to be one of David Spade's better films, it stood the test of time. It much to critics, you know, hatred everywhere. This film hasn't gone away. So with that said, I'll, sh- I'll shoot over to Connor and see what that score is, what critics were thinking, crit audiences. Joe Dirt, a film that has just kind of been around me for most of my life. It's a film I never knew people didn't like. I just watched it and thought that was funny. And then I just kept it around. Yeah. Like, and then if you talk to other people, they're like, oh yeah, that movie's funny. Like I've it's that's why I say, like, when I saw Critics Hate, I'm like, how? Because everyone I've talked to when it comes to like talking about David Spade or comedies, like they were bringing up Joe Dirt and how much they like it. Yeah, it's funny. It's got a bunch of cameos from SNL people. Uh two of Chris Farley's brothers have cameos in it. Like, and it's funny as shit. Uh, but critics didn't think so. This has a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Last time I checked this, just for kicks, I think it was like two or three years ago, it was a 10%. So critics are still attacking this movie. Jesus. One of them went down because of the new one. They were like, oh, God damn it. I know the new one has been sitting firm at a zero since it came out. Yeah, but I think it also has, like, fans don't hate it. I think it's, like, had the exact same reception where critics hated it, but, like, fans are like, it's pretty funny. Like, I haven't seen Joe Dirt 2 yet. I honestly don't know what's been holding me back. I have it on my Voodoo account. I can watch it whenever I want. I, just, I think what I think what scared me is I was made for crackle. That that hurt. That when when I heard that was happening, I'm like, no good movie has ever been made exclusively for crackle. No, look, and look, as much as I will speak the praise of Tubi and what you can find on Tubi, I will not watch their original films because there's just something that I'm like, if this is a free service, so how much are they really given <laughs> to these movies? Yeah, that's kind of my like I look at the, you know, who's paying for this. And if the, if the numbers don't add up, I'm not going to waste my time. But uh, here's the critics consensus on Joe Dirt. If you fall within the target audience of Joe Dirt, you may find it funny. Otherwise, the jokes will seem like a tired retread. If you fall within the audience, if you're as stupid as he is, you might like this. I don't I don't appreciate your tone, Rotten Tomatoes. If, if you're white with a mullet from the south, 
you'll love this movie. If you're anything else and you have a brain, you'll hate it so much. It's pretty much what they're saying. It's like, Jesus, who heard you? Sit down and laugh for once, critics. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's would you expect it's David Spade. And this is no, we'll actually get into him because he's kind of based. I actually have him based around the question for you. But like the guy's made this kind of comedy since he started. Like he's always made very self-deprecating, very sarcastic, dumb comedy. It's been his his forte, if you always like what he's known for. So what were you expecting out of a film? essentially spearheaded by him he was like the biggest driving force behind this movie that's one thing i could gleam off the very bare bones development hill stuff um but he's a striving force behind this film he is the star like what did you expect yeah i mean frankly if you know i think what's interesting is i went in thinking yeah this is gonna be dumb i watched it thought this was funny but the more i watched it i'm like this is actually a very endearing story of like you know how to be a good person. It's, it's got a good lesson. Like it's, it, I like that more than anything, which is funny. Like you wouldn't think I, you'd learn anything from fucking Joe dirt, but there's actually a lot of good life lessons to take away from this movie. <laughs> yeah. Minus the whole, I can't, I don't know if I can say it on there. Cause I don't know if this is a, a derogatory term anymore, but I'm trying to do the muscle joke. The, Oh, it's this, it's this. <laughs> I don't know if I can say it. I, think I don't you, know what's okay. You can say it, I think, because you're quoting a movie and your heart's in the right place. That's always what I've thought. With okay. certain words, not with every word. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's the... Uh, really I'm not writing you a blank check here. I'm just saying in this case, <laughs> you could probably get away with it. Yeah, but when you kept saying like, is this queer? Is this queer? <laughs> like twice. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know if that... I've been watching going like, I guess you're supposed to be a nice guy, but is that okay now? Like, is that... Is that an okay thing to say now? Like, <laughs> I did have like this movie is a lot more homophobic than I remembered it, but you know what? It was two thousand one. Two thousand one, and let me look. And I'm not trying to justify this, but like, as you know, I know you spent a good amount of your time in Texas. Now I know you're originally born in you know more north, but you spent a good chunk of your life in Texas at this point. I am you know born and raised Texan. Every redneck I found in my life is exactly like this. So if you want something to be like, oh, the phone's homophobic, that's because these fucking rednecks are like that. Like they live in such a backward ass time in their head. So I'm not trying to justify. I'm just saying like it's true to the people I've met that are like this in real life. Yeah, fair enough. I've never really met any any Joe Dirts. I'm sure I've cut I've been cut off on the highway by a few of them, but I've never uh, never met one personally. But frankly, I think Joe Dirt gives Rednecks a pretty good name. He's a good guy. He's nicer. Let me tell you something. Like, if you want to try to call it, like, check out how they actually are when it comes to like homophobia with Rednecks. It's it's not like where it's this. It's like they try to play it up for laughs in real life. It's it's pretty bad. Like, I, you do not want to be around them. Most of them are like Kid Rock. Uh, I saw one one Letterboxd review I didn't include in my What's in the Box said that uh, Robbie was Joe Dirt's tethered, like the movie Us. He's like the dark Joe Dirt. <laughs> dark, ultra MAGA now, Joe Dirt. <laughs> For anyone who keeps up with Kid Rock's career, uh, if you want to see how the guy went from ball, ball what's a ball, the, you know, shake a shake a bang bang, whatever the fuck he's saying, um, <laughs> to now, I'll give you a song title. It's uh, Let's Go Brandon. Mm. If you don't know what that means, look it up. 
If you don't know what that means, enjoy your blissful ignorance because it's just going to irritate you. Yeah. So if you want to know how his career has gone, well, I'll get more to that later. Don't worry. There's an award, but I'll get, yeah, just to give you an idea of, yeah, good old kid rock. But let's bring it more to funny. Let's say let's bring it down to funny before we get too serious here um, and go into my question that I have. My, which, you know, it's funny when I came up with this format, I never wrote this song. I just did it. And I was like, I really like doing this. And I've just kept doing it. That's how it works sometimes. Yeah. I think it's a good icebreaker, you know? Yeah. Um, and for that, I want to talk specifically about comedian David Spade. Okay. And your opinion on good old David Spade and his various works. Like, what do you stand as a potential fan, you know, just someone who enjoys some sort of like, where, where do you stand in the David Spade camp here? I give me the T, give me the deets. Okay. I think Joe Dirt is the funniest thing he has ever done on his own. I think he has, he's funny, but he's very much sidecar funny. He's never driving the motorcycle, but he's always in the sidecar helping out. But, you know, I think he's, he does his best work. He's with, you know, Chris Farley, Adam Sandler, like bouncing off quote unquote, better comedians. (laughs) He himself, I think, isn't really that great. No offense. I love Joe Dirt, though. He, he found something with Joe Dirt, but everything else I've seen him in alone has been pretty shitty, including his stand-up. So, and I don't think I'm alone on this front. <laughs> I think that's kind of what most, I think a lot of people see him more as, you know, second banana. And that's, that's fine. A lot of people made, you know, like Costello needed Abbott. Everybody needs, you know, every great duo has the straight guy versus the goofy guy. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just, I don't think he's amazing. I felt you were really trying hard to justify. I'm trying really <laughs> hard to not say that he's a shit comic. <laughs> I don't think, I'm, no, I'm with you. I don't think he's a shit comic. Like to me, if I consider someone a shit comic, they're just not funny where it's alone or with someone else was i do think he can be funny on his own but i think it's very limited because his humor is very try and sarcastic and i can only go so far um and yeah i think he hit pater with how he did joe dirt i mean well at least with audiences not critics but with audiences you know they they latched onto it like i said you know i i'm sure it was the same for you but growing up in like high school and stuff and you know this film was always fucking talked about when it came to oh let's go watch surgery so funny like it was always talked about so it, it he found his audience alone with this one, but I'm with you. I think some of his best works when he's teamed up, where it'd be with Adam Sandler, or I prefer his work with Chris Farley. I really, you know, R.I.P. Chris Farley. I wish, you know, he had been able to work out his demons and keep doing because God, Time Boy and Black Sheep are so fucking funny and they're great together. I like, I, he is funny with Adam Sandler, but Adam Sandler did that whole thing where he didn't really necessarily care about his comedic output as opposed to let's go on a vacation with my friends so it was like yeah he's good with them but then we also get a lot of comedies where the comedies really aren't even that funny to begin with that's true but i mean if i had that kind of money where i could just say like hey i'll half-ass it on camera for six months while at the same time just enjoying fiji i do it all the time well i'm not i'm not saying anything against adam sandler on that because i actually have heard from a lot of people adam sandler's an incredibly nice dude um and 
look, if you're still making money doing it, fuck it. That's the thing. Like you can, I can shit mount it all I want. And then, well, this is why I won't shit mouth it because it's worked. He's literally like his films, even what people are like, oh, I stopped like announcing after this. Obviously, you're the only one because they're so box office successes. Now they're huge Netflix hits. Like he is a Netflix darling. Um, so it's like it's still working in his fucking favor. And I also I admire the fact that like he's doing that, but also it's not like he's ignoring like he's exercising his like artistic talent too, like by doing films like Uncut Gems and this recent Netflix movie Hustle, where he's got it. He just doesn't take it for a walk all the time. Yeah, he, he chooses when he's ready to kind of use it. Yeah, and I can respect that. Yeah, and even then, there's some later in comedies I don't mind. Like, um, I actually thought You Don't Mess With Zohan was pretty funny when I first watched it. It's been a couple of years. Um, no one come at me, please. But I remember thinking I now pronounce you chuckling. It's funny. There, I said it. <laughs> Put it out there. It's in there. I'm, I'm putting it out there. God, do not come at me, please. We'll have plenty of times to shit talk Adam Sandler on this show. I mean, it's it'll happen eventually. Oh yeah, there's still plenty of things. There's a whole movie called Jack and Chill. Oof. I don't I don't want to try the Dunkachino. <laughs> That's the only scene I've seen from Jack and Jill, and I was weeping for Al Pacino. He commits in that fucking movie. I've seen his scenes, and he gives way more of a performance than is necessary for that movie. Oh, he he uh, was the Godfather. Yep. You know what? Long. Uh, I do actually really like um Adam Sandler's version of Longest Yard. It makes me laugh. I think it's funny as fuck. Can see that one. I think it's super funny personally. I, I I die laughing every time. There's certain movies like I never saw The Water Boy either. A Water Boy cracks me up, even though it's. I know, again, it's one of those, it's kind of like an out-pronounced you where people are just like, oh, really? You think that's funny? She's portraying this group. I'm like, oh, god damn it. It was a yeah, comedy. We, we got to remember certain films were made at a certain time. And it's just, it's not, not every movie's trying to hurt somebody. Is uh, Whatever, this isn't the time. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, based off what I've heard about Adam Sandler, Doubt he's trying to hurt anyone. I've, I've I, heard he was like literally in like Keanu Reeves level of like nice is, people in Hollywood. Weird thing is though, I don't hear anything about David Spade. Like he 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 keeps it close to the chest because I don't he I don't I hear any movie news about him, any sitcom things, stand up. His stuff just shows up. Yeah, it's it's very weird. Very few actors do it that way, where it's like you don't you, you think they might be dead, and then all of a sudden. They've got a new special or a new movie that they didn't advertise at all. Watch David, watch me say this and like David Spade pop him up in like a fucking MCU movie out of nowhere. And even the MCU was like, Yeah, we're not gonna say anything. He's like in his contract, you do not announce that I'm in your movie. <laughs> I yeah, you know, it feels like that sometimes. I'm just like, oh yeah, David Spade, I remember him. <laughs> hey, he's still acting. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll always have Joe Dirt. Yes, I have Joe Dirt, and like I said, I like the I, Black Sheep and Time Blur. So fucking good. Those are House, key, housekeeping. <laughs> no housekeeping. Let me sleep for the love of God. <laughs> Perfect. And then see, we hit him, and oh my God, it's on fire. My favorite bit of that scene is when David Spade tries to blow out the fire, and he just asks the guy, 
Like, do you validate? <laughs> and he throws them out. <laughs> ah, Dobby Boy was fun. We did that on, on Filmgasm a couple of years ago, uh, but we have yet to do Black Sheep, and I'd, I'd like to unpack that one. You showed me both of those. Remember, you did it back to back. I hadn't seen them. I did that? Yeah, it was at your house. Oh, that's wonderful. God, you never remember these special times that I do. Wow. I didn't know it was your first. I remember watching the movies with you, but I do not recall that it was your first time watching those movies. God, you suck. I'm glad I, I'm glad you enjoyed them. I did. I also remember when we got like so hyped up on talking about Tropic Thunder, we ended up just impromptuly watching tro- tro- Tropic Thunder. Those were the days. Honestly, we if we live closer, like we never would have stopped doing that. Yeah, no, I'd still be like, hey, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, awesome stuff. Half the time, I'm not doing shit when I get home from work or in, like watching some YouTube, <laughs> seeing what happened in the movie ward, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so with that, now that we've kind of feel essentially the same way about good old David Spade here, again, don't think we hate him. I, I'm like, I don't personally, I have nothing against the guy. He seems like a pretty. Nice enough, dude. Like you say, he does his work. He kind of goes home. I have nothing against them. It seems like a good dude. There's not really a lot of celebrities. I have like zero really <laughs> thoughts towards David Spade is just kind of like neutral ground. Like I don't really no ill will, but also like no praise. He's just kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. There's a couple SNL people like, you know, him, Kevin Nealon. Like. They're just they they were they had careers. They're there. They're still doing stuff. But I I stopped paying attention it's, a long time. Ago. Oh god, what was it? There's I forgot who was the comedian, but they made a joke. It had involved like dick size with women. They're like if they don't go oh my if they don't do a scared oh my god, <laughs> like it's too big or a disappointment oh god because it's too small. They just go okay, you're good. I was like that's how I feel with David Spade. I don't sit there and go oh shit he's in this fucking goddamn it. Or I sit there and go like oh. David Spade's in this. Okay. I'm just like, oh, hey, David Spade. And I it's move not, on. It's not going to be a very memorable night at home, but you're not going to look back on it as a night that you were disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, I'll tell people, like, David Spade was in this movie. I wasn't expecting that part. It's more like, oh. And then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, all right. So. With that, um, so with Development Hill, we had another The Pyramid on our hands. We're apparently, and I don't understand it with this movie experiment. I kind of understood. I can see why they were like, let's not talk about how we made this film. <laughs> this one I don't get. I could not. I looked on several sites, couldn't find anything. So, again, we're bringing something back that we do when I can't find shit. And that is <laughs> a top five. Except this time. In lieu of this being a comedy, I could and because I could figure out nothing else to tie in regards to the movie. I thought about some kind of music thing. I was like, ah, no, we're already doing that for something else that I won't spoil. Um, I said I do top five worst comedies. Nice. It's not often we get to do a bottom five. It's not. And I, I like to save them for the show since it is the worst thing. Anyways, just keep it in the spirit. Nice. Uh, yeah. So with that, we'll start with you. Like we always, you always start with the guest host, and I'll go. So with that, Connor, what to kick it off? What's your number five? Coming up with five comedies I absolutely despised was harder than I thought. Uh, 
And I had to really think back because, you know, when you watch a bad movie, it doesn't usually stay in here. Like good movies, you like remember them, you think about it, you're like, that was awesome. You talk about it with your friends. Bad movies, you watch them, you're pissed off, you chuck it out the memory bank, and move on. So I had to kind of think back on like, what did I not like? Until someone mentions it and you're like, God, fucking I hate that movie. It's like PTSD happens. It is. It is that like, yeah, you got to wait for someone to say the code word and then you're activated. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank Letterboxd for, you know, me being able to chart every film I've seen. I was able to go in there and look at like, oh, yeah, I did watch that piece of shit. <laughs> so number five is The Hangover Part Three. Oh, wow. We started off strong, right? Because I put that at five also. <laughs> really? Yeah, I did. Shit, man. Wow. I wasn't expecting overlap. Like that was early. Such a broad category. Like that's me. (laughs) Me near Ralph. Wow, this is this is officially a a wild game we're playing. Oh yeah. Shit got real interesting. Uh what in the hell were they thinking with the hangover part three? For starters, it's barely a comedy. I was about to say that's why it's my number five. It's barely a comedy, but billed (laughs) as a comedy, advertised as I remember it being advertised as a comedy. There's also no hangover. No. And look, you know, look, I'll say it. Like, I don't mind part two. I know it's a, a complete retread of part one. Yeah, I understand that. And I know that's a lot of people's issues with it, but it still has a lot of scenes that make me laugh. Again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. I know this questionable fucking material. Laugh at it. I still laugh at it. Fuck it. Okay. Don't give a shit. Um, so I can, I'll defend part two. Yeah. But part three, it's like, yeah, I get it. I get it if you hate it hate it like what what was the point of this one it's boring it's it's a fucking kidnapping movie it's got nothing to do with like the humor we've come to expect like clearly they did this for the money they were contractually obligated like we need a third film for some reason and i barely remember the details i checked out so early because i was like this is terrible and yeah yeah i like me being the completionist I am, I own it, but like I, I, I think I've watched it once and I was like, shortly after I bought it, I was like, let me watch it. And I watched it, and I was like, yep, nope, still bad. And then I never put it in my fucking player again. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this, I, the actors, I remember that was something like they all seemed so fucking bored this time. And it, um, Zach Galifianakis, who was to me been like the best thing of the first two films, like he was just so fucking funny with uh, the character of Alan. Not that funny in this one. Absolutely. Uh, Ken Jong, you know, not funny in this one. He, again, he was a highlight in the first two. You bring in John Goodman, and we know he can pull off comedy. We've seen The Big Lebowski. We know he can pull off dark and comedy at the same time. It's in him. He only did dark. He only did bad guy. There was no comedy. It's just so weird to do two comedy movies in a row in your franchise and have the third one be super dark and not funny. It's like if, Amer- you know, American Pie 3 like was like you know a fucking horror movie like it wouldn't make any sense i was gonna say what if like saw three is actually a comedy (laughs) or romantic trauma it i mean it'd be kind of interesting to shake up a franchise like that but only if it works i I don't think i've ever actually seen that done before it it's usually subtles like uh i would say like you know okay friday 13th Parts one through five, very serious, very much they followed their standard formula, right? Part mm-hmm. six came on, they added a lot of meta humor to it. It made it much more funny, much more playful, much more fun. And because of it, that one stands out. But at the same time, it's still a Friday 13th film. It still feels like a Friday 13th film. Yeah. Because a lot of the basic stuff was there. They just 
tweak the formula enough to make it different and get you on board a bit more it being the sixth installment at that time um so i've seen things like that happen before that work but like this one even like the heart like the it tweaked it didn't even tweak it just said yeah fuck what the first two were and make something completely different but so have the characters because we need to complete this trilogy we've imposed on ourselves we only needed one movie we didn't need two and three if it was just the hangover I would anybody lose any sleep? Was anybody like, I need to see this exact story again, but in Bangkok? <laughs> I I don't think so. Then can I get the complete opposite story, but also back in Vegas? <laughs> Those two were great, but I want to see what this would look like if it was serious. <laughs> like, who are you? Get out of here. Yeah. I think it even made less money. I think that was not good audience turn on this one. People were like, okay. I'm not surprised. Like, here, I'll, I'll look it up right now. How much did the Hangover 3 make? I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a success just because of the brand recognition. Yeah, because again, before a lot of people want to come out, remember at the time this came out, The Hangover was a huge, huge hit. $362 million box office on a $103 million budget. It made $260 million profit. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That had to be brand name right there. And that was opening weekend, I guarantee it. <laughs> but a huge decline after that like okay that's not the movie we wanted i don't like that had to have gone to after actor salaries that like 70 percent of that had to go to bradley cooper because honestly like where did where else does that money go i don't know that's crazy i think that people don't realize that pre-hangover bradley cooper was not a big name actor no one knew who the fuck he was he was popping open stuff here and there like writing crashers and stuff but no one knew who he was. And then that came out and he just fucking propelled from there. I knew him as Jim Carrey's lawyer in Yes Man. And now he's like five-time Academy Award nominee, Bradley Cooper. Like, well done. Way to leverage, Brad. Good job. Nice. Now you're a rocket raccoon. <laughs> oh, weird that we both had that at number five. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, okay, well, with that, what's your number four? My number four is a film we have talked about on this show, 1991's Nothing But Trouble. Jesus Christ, again. Okay, let's talk about Nothing But Trouble. Is that your number four? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What's going on? <laughs> we did not coordinate these. We never coordinate this. This has never happened. <laughs> All right, two for two. Um... This movie sucked. It's horrendous. And the worst part is everybody in this movie is really good at comedy. It is a like a cat, a who's who of comedy legends. Yeah. And no one's funny in this. No one. Everyone is absurdly creepy in a very unfunny, uncomfortable way. From, you know, weird old creepy judge with a giant hot dog to the big weird mutant babies. I don't know what Dan Aykroyd was smoking when he wrote this thing, but I hope it gets locked in a box and buried in the pet cemetery. It's fucking nightmarish this thing it it can't like decide if it wants to be a comedy or if it wants to be horror or for how it wants to actually melt both together you know be a horror comedy which is what they were going for to begin with for those who remember our episode on it where we talked about how it actually was conceived as a horror comedy um but it doesn't it doesn't mesh well together at all and it's like it looks like it's trying to riff on shit like texas chainsaw massacre 2 and whatnot but like none of it makes sense. Like there's no explanation for why the judge is the way he is, why those mutant babies, like why it's going on, 
you got John Candy for Christ's sake, who was again like Chris Farley, just a fucking titan of you know comedy. Again, another guy who's R.I.P. as far as I'm concerned. Like goddamn, and he's like this is one of his least funniest roles he's I think I've ever seen him do. You got that weird scene where they pull over the rappers and they wrap their way out of a conviction. It's, <laughs> there's, it's so terrible. And I've seen it twice now and I'm still like struggling to remember highlights because it's one of those movies that just does not stay in here because I just don't like it. It's it's horrendous. Yeah, it, it's bad. Um, Trevi Jace, like it's weird she's doing his type of comedy. But it just it feels like he's half-assing, which I think he was based off the behind the scenes. Oh yeah, his talking to his friend Dan Aykroyd and being like, "You're a piece of shit, and I'm I'm worth more than a hundred of you." You're <laughs> See at the, the barbecue, director. Dan. Yeah, you're the director. I am the actor. All right, I'm better. You fuckface. Also, I'm going to bring the I'm going to bring the sauce for the barbecue this weekend. Don't worry. <laughs> My favorite anecdote was the one like crew member who threatened to like attack Chevy with a brick if he ever talked like that to Dan Aykroyd again. <laughs> it's like, way to go, guy. <laughs> I love hearing stories of someone should be like, look, we'll take him. We'll take him out. We got this. Just yeah. Give us the chance. <laughs> like Herzog and Kinski when the natives are like, he's a he's a piece of work and we can take care of him for you if you want. And he's like, I'll think about it, guys. I'll think about it. I would say yes. So quickly, we don't. The ward needs one less asshole. Am I right? Let's wait till post, then we'll talk. <laughs> God, you got to be a real piece of shit for natives to go to the director and be like, "We will kill him for free." Not fast. Don't question it. Just know that he'll disappear one day. <laughs> Insane. But yeah, nothing but trouble. Uh, Weird ass movie not recommended uh the worst movie of pretty much everyone involved yeah um i don't want to go into too much detail on it because we covered it already so if you want just listen to that episode but it's it's fucking bad it is terrible um but that let's see if we can finally break the damn mold here what's your number three all right i'm gonna i'm 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 pretty sure we're gonna break it here my number three is dumb and dumber two we are going to break it because I, I, my number three is a movie I don't think you've seen because I have not seen number number two. Don't watch it. It's a complete and total waste of time. Uh, it's it's just uh, it's depressing because Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels are both way too old to be doing that shit now. Uh, the char- both Harry and Lloyd are just mean spirited assholes now. Like all the good natured comedy between them is gone. They're just pricks now. Uh. I don't know why they decided to do that. Uh, the story is nonsensical. It's like there's this hot chick who's one of their daughters, but they're not sure. And like one of them's trying to seduce seduce her, but then it finds like finds out that she's actually his daughter. Like it got weirdly incestual for some reason. Dude, the fair it's the Fairly Brothers, right? Yeah, it is the Fairly Brothers. Yeah, they came they're back just- for it. Yeah, they're so hit and miss. They'll have something really fucking funny like the first Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. And then something the complete fucking opposite. I have one of their particular films on my list, but it's not the one coming up. It's my night. It's my number two, and I'll, I'll mention it here in a Okay. But this was, yeah, I saw this in the movies with my grandpa and my cousin, and we all left thinking that was a complete waste of money and time. And I was like, Jim Carrey never does sequels, and he comes back for this. 
Yeah, the, the, yeah, I remember that was a big thing. It was like uh, uh, minus Ace Ventura, obviously. You know, he he doesn't come back for sequels, so it was like, oh, we got him to come back for this. So everyone's like, oh, sweet, he's coming back for this. This must be good because he never comes back for sequels. Um, you know, we're thinking like how with Sonic and Sonic Two, right? Yeah. And um, instead, again, I've seen what I've heard is like people were just like, what the fuck did he agree to come back to? Yeah, this is a this is an, a straight up embarrassment on both of their careers, and uh, everyone involved should be ashamed because this should have been a slam dunk uh, in like 1999. Yeah, I mean, this was a sequel that people were wanting pretty bad. Like people were like, "Give us Dumb and Dumber Two, give us these two together again." Instead, we got a horrendous prequel movie that this somehow ended up being worse than. <laughs> so yeah, Dumb and Dumber Two, another movie I will not watch until. I have to watch it here. Yeah. Uh, I have to ask, did your grandpa do the, the, the angry grumbles? That oh, yeah. Have? I can always tell when he's not enjoying a movie because he's just like. <laughs> and glaring, too. He's like. <laughs> it's, 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 it's upsetting because I'm sitting there like, I got to hear about this on the car ride home. <laughs> so I always try to vet a film now before I like, I'll see it first. And then if it's good, I'll take him. Does he like really vent in the car ride home? Like just lets it out. Oh yeah. We've had discussions of like, oh, that was a terrible movie. Like, why 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 do we see that? And I'm just like, I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> that happened a lot last year. You know, he didn't like old, he didn't like the green knight. <laughs> like it just kept happening. <laughs> then we saw Free Guy, and he liked that. Finally broke the mold. Uh, <laughs> my uh my number three is also a sequel but one you haven't seen because i know you don't want to touch it and i understand and i get it and that is a fifth film that no one fucking asked for but we got it scary movie five Boo. Boo. so look as a lot of people know there's a lot of date movie there's a lot of like date movies epic movies you know all these fucking films so when it came to me saying out of all of these, which one, which one, because I wasn't going to put every single one because that just gets redundant with that fucking, those hack of a directors I were working in that period. I forget their names. Um, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick one. And I was like, you know what? This is the one. Because with this one, you had three hilarious films a fourth a pretty funny film i know a lot of people kind of get off the train i think there's some funny bits in four um that series like yeah it was dumb it was stupid it was you know it was a a parody film but it it knew what it was parroting it knew what it was doing and i could laugh and i could get behind it and laugh at the stupidity and a lot of scenes were funny there's so shit i laugh at like i still quote my germs when he does the pie thing, give me your strong hand. This is my strong hand. <laughs> yeah, those first three are funny as hell. Three is my personal favorite. Oh, three is great. When he picks the kid up and like flings him out the goddamn window. <laughs> I loved uh, Leslie Nielsen as the president where he finds out about the UFOs and he tells Ja Rule, like, we're, pre- we're facing an unprecedented event. Get me the president. He's like, you are the president. He's like, well, good. But I already know about this. <laughs> We're not so different after all. These men died for their country. Send flowers to their bitches and hoes. Because when yeah. the fucking priest comes over to babysit, and he's like, 
Cody. I did not get that when I watched this as a kid. I didn't get that until like 10 years ago. And I watched it. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, it never dawned on me. I just thought that was weird. I didn't realize what the joke was. <laughs> Even in four, I like the beginning when Shaq and Dr. Phil are locked up in the saw bathroom. And oh, my God. Shaq's like, you first. He's like, bullshit. <laughs> He's cutting off their feet. I like uh, when, because uh, Regina Hall is fucking great in all these movies. She is so funny. Um, when it finds out she slept on the fucking puppets in four, and the puppet just looks at them, scratches, and goes, I think I got crabs. <laughs> we are so fucked. <laughs> I liked the first one when they're talking in the high school, and uh, like right after Bobby got arrested, and Shorty walks up to them. He's like, I swear I saw this all before. And she's like, what, this happened at your old high school? He's like, no, it was in this movie Scream. It's the same dialogue and everything. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. The first four, I can I can have a good time with. I can laugh. Yeah, it's stupid, but I'm, I'm in on it. This one, though, I gave it a shot. I was like, look, I'll give it a shot because I've seen the first four anyway. It can't be that bad. Ashley Tizzle was an added kind of big thing for at the time. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Even though Everything was told me don't because you have director not returning. <laughs> Neither the Wayans nor the guys who did three and four. No one from that team coming back. And Anna Ferris turned it down. So she was trying to be like, yeah, I'm not coming back to this shit. So it was like everything was saying I probably should have just not seen this. But I did. I sat through it and I was not laughing. It was a painful hour and a half. Of it being like epic movie and date movie where they're like, they're so busy just trying to fill the scene with jokes and joke after joke after joke without any coherence as to what they're trying to joke about, what specifically they're going for. Because, you know, say we were, but if you pay attention, like the first four, they'll pick a main horror film to, as their storyline to poke fun of. And then they'll throw other references in throughout. Whereas five, it was like, well, at one point, the storyline was following Paranormal Activity, and then it was following Black Swan, and then it was following Sinister. Like, it was never deciding on what it wanted to pick as a throw line. It just threw it all in, and it never worked. It was fucking stupid. Uh, it wasted its celebrity cameras. Like, Snoop Dogg pops up at the beginning. And we've seen, like, Snoop Dogg has a sense of humor. He know he can make fun of himself, but he's not that funny in the in this movie at all. And, you know, R.E.P., but Mac Miller I, was in the beginning, too. And, and, again, wasted fucking cameo. So this film was just incredibly stupid. Yeah. I Sorry, I, I zoned out. My cat was making a whole sort of ruckus behind me. I was like, what is he doing? Um, I don't ever want to watch this. It just. The more they kept delaying it because they couldn't get it made, the more I'm like, when this finally comes out, this is going to be shit. And I don't know how those two idiots keep getting work. I don't know who keeps financing their piece of shit films. There's no way those are box office successes. They can't. Well, that's, that's the thing they wore at first. That's why they kept oh. getting it because they were huge. But what's funny is that they don't have legs because I never see anyone talking about them now. Because no, they're terrible. I mean, it really like it's just like as a kid, it was like, I might see boobs in this. That was the only reason. I ever wanted to watch those movies and yeah, they're fucking horrendous. Uh, so I imagine just, yeah. Scary movie five under that umbrella has got to suck something awful. Yeah. Well, and it effectively killed any more sequels because it was such a flop. Cause probably a good thing. 
Yeah, it's not. I don't think anyone after four was really asking for any more scary movies. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, the Wayans and the Zuckers are funny. I'll watch stuff they do. Yeah. Like, I like, look, I'll say it. A lot of people shit on a haunted house. I thought the first movie was funny. I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I was laughing at the first movie. I didn't see those. I, I, yeah, I think I was still thinking like scary movie five adjacent. Oh, no, that was a Wayne's production, uh, haunted house one, too. I still laugh when he goes in. He's like, Where's your furniture, cuz? And like, it just fucking drops. He's like, Oh, shake it out. We gotta get out of the house. <laughs> your friend's out of the fucking house. One of my favorite gags from the first scary movie is when um uh, what what's his name? Uh the like the jock boy boyfriend who gets stabbed to death at the Miss America pageant thing. I don't remember his name. Uh but they're looking for his body and they're like, somebody cleaned up the set, like the crime scene in the background. You can see Ghostface <laughs> with a mop just literally cleaning it up as he's going along. <laughs> I like how he even sees them. He's like, oh, 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 and he's just running out of the camera. <laughs> yeah, there's. I also love when the, the sheriff's given the press conference and he's like, you know, like three teenagers are dead, but hey, you know, shit happens. <laughs> there's something just jo- funny about those movies. Penny, can you look at this photo? Mm, no. Okay, what about this one? Nope. Can you look at this one again? No. All right, well, I tried. <laughs> yeah. Mm, funny stuff. So, sorry, part five sucked ass. Yeah, uh, wait, wait was not worth it. Um, what's your number two? My number two is the movie that destroyed Mike Myers' career, The Love Guru. Oh, I have not seen this one. I've, I've avoided this one for a long time. Dude, when I was a kid, I was a huge Mike Myers fan. I watched everything. I loved Austin Powers. I loved Shrek. I even loved The Cat in the Hat. I still kind of like The Cat in the Hat. The movie makes me laugh. But this, this was embarrassing. Like Everything in this movie screamed, don't do this. You can't come back. It's so obvious to anybody with a brain, this is a career destroyer. But he goes hard. And uh, he dragged Ben Kingsley into this thing. Like, Sir Ben Kingsley, Academy Award-winning actor, as a cameo as Guru Tuggin Maputa. Not kidding. <laughs> this movie fucking sucks. Wow. Yeah, I, love how these, I love how these comedies, these really bad comedies, because you have names like Mike Myers, will get, like, really good actors cameos. Like, oh, yeah, I want to work with Mike Myers. The love interest is Jessica Alba. Justin Timberlake is in this. Uh, there's one funny moment and it's with uh, Stephen Colbert plays a like sports commentator for a hockey game I think and he does like a shit ton of meth or something and he's being dragged away by security and he starts screaming off screen I cannot be killed but with fire and that that made me laugh but that's it the rest of this movie is an embarrassment and I get why Mike Myers couldn't have anything substantial after that I mean you combine that piece of shit with his uh, reputation as a control freak and why would anybody work with him again exactly. i mean it took like what almost a decade i think over a decade later for him to have this like netflix show that nobody's talking about yeah because yeah you take you know you take the fact that he has so many stories of like getting a pa fire because they looked at him and then you you take that in account that he 
The only reason they were keeping him working, and this is a problem in Hollywood to this day, they were letting him continue working was because, yeah, he's a nightmare, but he gave us Austin Powers. He gave us Wayne's Ward. You know, he he's giving us these hit comics that are just making money. And don't get me wrong, like, Austin Powers is fucking hilarious. And if I was an, if I was an actor, I'd want to fucking... After Austin Powers, be like, yeah, let me work with Mike Myers. Like, that guy's funny. But, like, you know, all it takes for these studios is one fucking bad film. And, oh, yeah, he had Shrek. Let's not forget Shrek. Yeah. Shrek, obviously, huge Shrek on as well. Um, it takes one, like, a, a, either a string of flops or just one mega fucking epic goddamn failure. And he did that. You have an asshole, essentially an asshole, who was starting what's considered one of the worst films of all time by many people that flops. And Hollywood went, yep, okay, cool. Mike, you're done. Yeah, it's almost like they were looking for an excuse. They're like, we got to get rid of this piece of shit. How do we do it? And then Love Guru did it for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that movie. I mean, I'm sure we'll do it on this show at some point. Mm-hmm. But I haven't seen it since 2008, and I'm not looking forward to it going back. Yeah, and it is funny because of it. Because I remember the talk Austin Powers 4 was going on. And it's funny because now the only one talking about is Mike Myers. No one else gives a shit because it's like, no, people know how you are now, man. Like, ever since, like, for an audience, ever since your shit came out with how you are to the cast and crew members, no one wants to fucking watch you. Like, the most we'll give you is your quick little scene in Glorious Bastards. And yeah. it, honestly, I didn't even know you were in the goddamn movie. You can play Dr. Evil in as many car commercials as you want, but that's that's as far as you're getting. Yeah, we're not we're not getting Austin Powers 4, dude. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd watch it if it ever does come out and it was any good. But when I I find it very interesting that in the Pentaveret, like he is playing almost every character, and I don't think it's because he wanted to, I think it's because he had to. Because very few people will probably line up to be like, Oh yeah, I'll be in mike myers new show that's based on a very obscure joke from a 93 comedy that isn't that well known today yeah it's like jesus and i watched the first episode it was stupid he hasn't like his comedy has not uh grown like he hasn't tried it's still the same dumbass jokes he was doing in like 2002 yeah king of the war dude the dude was like the guy and because i know like there's been rumors of shrek kind of getting a reboot i doubt they're asking him to come back i mean we got a new puss in boots coming out later this year but that's really like all i've seen on the shrek front weird because that was a huge franchise you think that they'd be aching to bring that back that's what i'm saying so it's like he was top of the war i mean rain rains ward austin powers shrek like this guy had hits like he couldn't do snl obviously Oh, this guy couldn't do anything fucking wrong. And then love grew and, you know, his onset behavior just collided into one. And has I, I think if he'd been a nicer guy, love guru wouldn't have ta- taken him down. I think, yeah, I think it was been a minor setback. I mean, cause look at someone like Adam Sandler, right? We talked yep. about earlier. He's had a lot of fucking failures. He had a, a, a stretch of comedy comedy that people just weren't really that into, but he has such a good reputation that studios like working with him still. Even Rob Schneider has come back a bit. <laughs> like, but Mike Myers is still trapped. Yeah. Yeah. And uh thinking of uh celebrities galore in a comedy, and also the Fairly Bros I mentioned earlier for not my number two. It's a film that I dumbly watched because I thought, hey, it has this big 
cast characters. It, I like the concept of short little vignettes. Oh. And that is movie 43. Dear God, fuck this movie. <laughs> I've heard the, the stories of like what this thing is and how they were able to get everybody involved. And I'm like, that is shady as shit. There's no way this thing's good. <laughs> yeah, they, they light their asses off to these people on what this was. Because <laughs> what I saw was terrible. Um, it was shit like watching, you know, Elizabeth Banks get harassed by a fucking animated cat <laughs> or Chloe Grace Brant's freaking out because she's having a really bad period. Like, I don't saying like, look, I'm of the South Park mindset of like anything's on the table with comedy, but like you better be fucking funny when you do it. Nothing in this is funny. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, the sh- shock value works as long as it's funny, but when it's just the shock, all it is is just gross. Which is something we've talked about before on this and how I felt about when I mentioned a certain film that made me actually kind of pause my eating because like, and this is someone, you know me, I've seen some pretty fucked up shit in horror films and stuff. I've seen the Jackass films and I've been eating while I've watched Jackass films. But it's because like, I go into that, I went into this one thinking, oh, it's supposed to be a comedy, but it was just shock to be shock and none of it was funny. So I'm just watching gross out shit I'm just getting grossed out. I'm not laughing at it. It was. I feel like it was just a a way to trap a bunch of A-listers into acting like idiots for an hour and a half because they had no choice. Yeah, because this is like, I mean, it is. Like, look at this cast. It fools you. You'll be like, oh, my God. Like, you have Hugh Jackman, Elizabeth Banks, Chloe Grace Moretz, um... Oh my god, she was in John Wick 3. How am I fr- Halle Berry? Holy shit. It isn't like I think Kate Winslet. I think uh Kate Winslet pops up. Like it is Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt, Josh uh uh DeHomo when he was hot in the scene when he wasn't he was more than just Fergie's husband. Um <laughs> I don't know. The uh, second I saw a, a clip of Hugh Jackman with balls on his face, I was like, You poor actors, like who forged your signature? <laughs> To their credit, they commit. The actors commit. They're not hamming it up. Like, they are committing for some reason. If I got trapped into being in a movie this shitty, I would never give them a good take. <laughs> I'd be looking at the camera the whole time. I'd be mispronouncing words. I'd miss my mark every time until they oh, release me from my fucking contract. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, and this is what I'm talking about, man. Like, the Fairleys, they'll give us something like Dumb and Dumber where you're laughing your ass off. It's so funny. And then you have this. They have no middle ground. It's just one of two fucking extremes. You believe one of them's an Oscar-winning screenwriter now? Oh, isn't for the Green Book? Yeah. Unreal. His Golden Globe speech basically amounted to, did you know racism is bad? And we got to stop it. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Look look at this trailblazer. Explains why their comedies haven't been hitting... Uh, audiences' hearts like they used to. Yeah, it's been a while since that jizz in the hair that made America laugh collectively. Forgot about the whole, um, was it there's something about Mary? Yeah, that's, that's such a strange. You watch that a few times, you're like, this is fucking weird. It is, but I laugh. I don't know why, but I laugh. Like when he gets his like dick stuck in a zipper and like all these people are coming in to help and laugh at him. Why is Brett Favre here? <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah. it's an odd duck, but yeah, they're, they're strange. Yeah, they are strange. 
this was not good. This was, I, I don't know to praise them for getting this made somehow or what, but this was a terrible fucking film. How they got made is nothing short of just a story in and of itself. I feel um, like it'll make a fantastic Beyond the Bad. Just going into production hell of that thing would be fun. It will. Mine's the part where I have to, we have to sit through that movie. At least for, and for me, I have to sit through it again. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of movies like I want to do on the show, but I also don't want to fucking watch. <laughs> that's, holding, that's holding us back from a lot there's, of different... There's a specific one I put for uh, December that I was like, I don't want to do this, but I do not want to stop, be my only one sounding crazy. So I'm fucking putting it on there and hopefully my way can be seen. I'm excited. You know, I'm going to hate seeing through it a second time. <laughs> um, well, I think that takes us to number one, and I know what yours is. And it's it probably would be mine too, but honestly, I just didn't want to talk about it again. <laughs> so I the hell is your number one? My number one is a film I don't think you've seen because it came and went so fast, and I was so excited about it and so disappointed when I watched it. The Jesus Rolls. No, I haven't seen it. I, I did look stupid to me. This is a spinoff of one of the greatest comedies of all time, The Big Lebowski. This is the story of Jesus Quintana, the pederast who can roll. And John Turturro got full permission from the Coen brothers to do this movie. He wrote and directed it. This was his baby. And it is like an hour 40 of the Jesus and his random friends just doing shit in Europe. There's no plot. It's not funny. It's terrible. And it also completely rewrites the Jesus's character in the first five minutes where we find out that he's not actually a pederast as Walter subject called him. He was taking a piss in an elementary school and some kid looked at his dick. I don't know why they felt the need to explain his, his whole like thing. Did they watch Horrible Bosses before they wrote that movie? That's a good comedy. That's that's what's funny. It was funny in that, and that's also because you had Charlie Day, who's just great at comedy and was able to sell that. (laughs) Are you drag racing in a Prius? I don't win a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, this movie. Oh, thank you, sir. That you still call your grandma Gam Gam. 30-year-old scotch. You don't expect me to just pour it back in the bottle, do you? <laughs> oh, you want to have some? It's two in the afternoon, Peter. I'm not an alcoholic. It's okay. We'll just contribute that to your drinking problem. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Horrible Bosses. That's such an underrated film. It's so funny. I, I actually don't mind the sequel, but I know a lot of people hate it. I haven't seen the sequel yet. But I wanted to because I think it's like it's Chris Pine and Christoph Waltz, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was, I'm a big Lebowski fan. I was looking forward to seeing a, a Jesus spinoff because I thought Turturro killed it. And then just, it was also like an, uh, a remake of a French movie that was shoved into a Jesus movie. So it was like he wanted to do so many different movies that he just combined them all into this nonsensical piece of shit. And I was just disappointed the whole time. I was bored. I wasn't laughing. And it's, you know, it sucks. Because it's not like we're getting, you know, I don't want a big Lebowski too, but like this was as close as I was going to get if they ever made one. And uh, here we are with with this shitty Jesus movie. So uh, Quintana can no longer roll. 
I think when it comes to genre film, the worst thing you can do is a horror film cannot can just be boring. I was about to say cannot scare you, but there's plenty I like that don't scare me. It can just be straight up boring to sit through. And to me, is every like every film, I think every genre of film that's the cardinal sin. If you're boring, you can fuck off. Yeah, but I would say and that's probably one of comedy. If I'm not laughing, obviously I'm not liking it because I'm. Supposed to be laughing at my comedy. Yeah, that's the one job a comedy movie is supposed to do is at least make you chuckle a couple of times. You don't have to be like dying on the floor, but you know, a couple <laughs> like once or twice, you know, even a little like breathing through the nose. I'll take that. Yeah. Granted, don't get me wrong. I like it when I'm like on the floor laughing. Like when we, I know when we did the double feature of 21 and 22 Trump Tree at the Traft House. Oh my God. I was dying for like four hours. It felt like, yeah, was great. That was great. Um, or like I remember uh, when I when I saw so I saw Jackass forever while Josh was you know out to see at the time. And then he came back and he was like, "Hey, I want to go see it." So I went to go see it with him again. So I didn't really I laughed the first time obviously, but then I got to watch him like literally from like the opening shot all the way to the end laugh. And he even said he got lightheaded. <laughs> he was laughing so much at the movie. Yeah, comedy is like it's almost like you need you need people to fully appreciate it. Like you need to watch it with somebody. And like your energy feeds off the other person, and you guys just laugh harder. Yeah, it, it is funny how comedy is like the only genre that does that. Yeah, and plus it was Jackass Forever. I was more willing to go see it more than once. Yeah, <laughs> it was one of my most anticipated films, and completely lived up to it. So, <laughs> and then some. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but yeah, there's there's five comedies I fucking despised. Fair enough. Well, you're right in what my number one is. It's Freddy Got Fingered. I don't think... I, I really got to watch something that hits the ball low for me to hate something this much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Um, I have nothing against stupid comedy at all. I'm a big fan of Adam... I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to say Adam Sandler. The Will Fair. The era that we kind of grew up on, right? You had, like, your, your real horror comedies, your Seth Rogans and all that stuff coming out. And that that pack we had where they were just doing really dumb, but at, underneath it all was smart. Usually there was a good heart to these stories. Um, but there's, you know, mass and a lot of dumb, vulgar humor. So I'm, I'm big. I love that humor. I do. Um, but they know how to make that funny. Whereas this film is just shocking for the sake of being shocking. Vulgar for being the sake of being vulgar. Like, it's not trying to be funny. Like, I'm sorry, but Tom Green just yelling at the top of his lungs and no one reacting is not fucking funny. It's just noise that makes my head hurt. makes me like want to turn my TV down. Cause I'm like, why are we yelling so much? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that does it. Like I've never, I've never seen a movie that made me think if I ever see that guy on the street, I might just punch him on instinct. And I, I kind of hope, like, I hope I punch him so hard I kill him. Because someone has to do it. it yeah, it, and he had a he had a period he had a he had a period where he was famous. But I know his show came out when the uh, Jackass came out as a TV show. So I wonder how much of that was just like by association popularity because his show was roughly the same as theirs, except his was a talk show format. Yeah, he seems like the kind of guy to glob onto someone else's fame and just write it. Yeah, so that that's why I wonder how much of it was just like lucky fucking timing. Um, but as we've kind of seen, one 
uh, of these two camps, one you don't really hear about anymore, and one got a super successful new film and has a new show coming out, more likely with the new cast of characters. So you tell me which one had the longer legs. <laughs> yeah, I hope Drew Barrymore is really happy right now. She looks happy. She has that talk show now, the Drew Barrymore show, whatever the fuck it's called. Is she, uh, does she married? Like, does she find somebody who's not Tom Green? Yeah, she's been married with kids for a while. Good, good for her. And, you know, she has also had better, you know, on screen romantic partners because I know she was uh, Timothy Oliphant in San- Santa Clarita Diet, played her husband. So she's picked also better on screen partners. Is he alone? Is Tom Green alone? I believe so. Good. <laughs> I really, I like- really don't like him. I feel like I would be scared of what he's packing down there because based off what we saw on like this movie alone, I'm scared of what he's put that dick in. I'm terrified. Oh, dude, if anybody has like some undiscovered form of like super AIDS that he got from fucking a monkey, it's him. Hey, <laughs> I remember it's funny. I texted so many people after I saw that film, after I watched Fairy Got Fingered. Um, I, Laura, I, texted, I was like, please tell me. She's like, she's like, no, I fucking hate Tom Green. I'm like, oh, thank God. So I'm not alone. I texted Josh. Josh, he's like, he's one of those like, yeah, his show came out at the same time as Jackass. And so I wasn't really in, into it. Yeah, it's going to be, a, I mean, next week might do it. But I am wondering, like, when are we ever, are we going to ever top that? Because that is the worst movie we've talked about. Yeah, I, I fucking hated that movie. And yeah, next week you'll find out that episode, but that might top it because it's something that does something a film should never do a specific type of film should never do a certain very famous film with a comedian and it's remake did it and we all hate that movie um <laughs> so that said that's my five so we'll just go ahead and like just, you know recap so what were your five uh my five number five the hangover part three number four nothing but trouble Number three, Dumb and Dumber 2. Number two, The Love Guru. Number one, The Jesus Rolls. Nice. My number five was Hangar Part 3. Number four was also Nothing But Trouble. Three, Scary Movie 5. Two, Movie 43. And one, Freddy Got Fingered. So if you want to punish yourself, by all means, go out and watch those. But just avoid it at all costs. Unless you like watching the films we watch for the show. And then... Watch it then so you can hear us bitch about it later. I like to hope there's people out there who do follow the show like that, where they just like, oh, shit, I got to watch this movie or I'm not going to know what the hell they're talking about. If it's if this is a show you decide to do that on, I apologize in advance for the pain I am bringing you. <laughs> My bad. Uh, on that, let's get into the little bit of film uh, development hell that i got um so again it's mostly box office stuff right um so back to joe dirt joe dirt um again for audiences this was actually a moderate box office success it wasn't a flop um not not like a huge thing but you know it, it found its audience um critics though they ripped this apart um like you mentioned earlier the channel consistence was that the jokes were just tired retreads um one thing i got i guess Ebert and Rupert, uh, Roper, sorry, Rupert, Roper. Uh, they were very harsh towards this film. They gave it two thumbs down on their show. Um, for those who care, 
And Ebert listed it as one of his most hated films of all time under the category, I'm going to air quotes, alleged comedies. Oh, boy. Raj, you gave Speed 2 Cruise Control three stars. So you can fuck right off. Your opinion matters as like that much to me because of that. So, yeah. I mean, when he hated a movie, it was hilarious. But sometimes he'd give a movie like Speed 2 Cruise Control three stars. Three out of four stars, by the way. So that's, that's high praise. I was about to say that's high praise. <laughs> yeah. So I don't. Yeah, I, I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah, I saw that. I, I laughed a little bit. But get this, get the, get this. The only good thing he actually said about the film was David Spade's performance. <laughs> That's a surprise. That is a surprise. So literally, I hate everything about this film, but David Spade was pretty funny. <laughs> the star of the show was pretty fucking funny. That's funny. You know, it's funny. When he first saw The Godfather 2, he thought it was terrible. And then he watched it again like 20 years later and it ended up in his great movies list. So like, that's quite a hefty turnaround there. God. Almost like you were pressured. Fuck you, Ebert. Fuck you. <laughs> God damn it. Um, audiences would agree with this particular point. Um, as many consider it to be one of his best, it's considered amongst his favorites when it comes to um, David Spade films. I would say if you're talking top three of the three, I always hear about the most Black Sheep, Tommy Boy, and uh, Joe Dirt. Those are always the three when it comes to David Spade, I hear all the time. So, yeah, no one's really talking about Dickie Roberts' former child star anymore. <laughs> or even Grown Ups one and two. I know he technically did that with Adam Sandler, but I'm trying to think of any other David Spade comedy where it's like just him. I can't. It's really hard. There's that sitcom Just Shoot Me, but that's like all I got. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, you know, like I said, um, I'm you know, I had a buddy that really liked comedies in uh in school, and this was one he always brought up and he always quoted and stuff. So I, I remember I definitely this has been around and um I've seen it, I remember thinking like, oh yeah, that was pretty funny, but Watching again for this, I was like, God, I forgot actually how funny this movie is. So I get it. I'm on. I'm on the audience bandwagon here. When I was a kid, um, my aunt had uh, one of those cars that had like the TV screen in the back seat, and uh, she would take me and my cousins to the public pool during the summer. And Joe Dirt was like the only movie that was in the like playing on that TV almost the entire summer. So I saw that movie a dozen, like maybe like 50 times during the summer, just going being in that car. So I, I grew to love Joe Dirt pretty fast because it was just around all the time. And uh, I never stopped because it's a funny movie and I'm not a soulless bastard like Roger Ebert. Yeah, one of his <laughs> most hated. Top five, it sounds like. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but this 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 fandom did get to the point where Spade was actually developing an animated series on TBS at one point, but that never materialized. You know, I I would have been down for that. I think that would have been funny. 
Um, but what did materialize in 2015 was a sequel that got released on, I think, the now defunct. I don't know. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure it's defunct. Um, Crackle. I'm going to find out because, honestly, I haven't heard about Crackle. And there's no way in hell it's surviving the current uh, streamer's boom. You know, everything working out. Crackle. Yeah, Crackle I- shut down. Uh, yep. In 2018, it, it shut down. Okay, you know what's funny? I had Crackle for a bit when I was in when I was in high school because it was free, so I got it to watch movies. But that was back when like the biggest thing about streaming was that hey, there's no advertisements, and they would do advertisements, and I was like, well, no, I don't want this. So I wouldn't watch Crackle. All right, get this. It so it it, it shut down in Canada in 2018. In America, it rebranded as Sony Crackle in 2018, and then it was bought by Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. Remember those self-help books? Oh, yeah. Um, it has once again been rebranded. It is now simply back to just Crackle. So it does still exist, but it's owned by the Chicken Soup people, and nobody yeah, nobody has it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I did have a brief use of it when I was in like high school and cause it was free. And then I think I watched super bad on it or something like that. I watched something on it real quick and I was like, this is stupid because has advertisements and it, I don't like it. And <laughs> I just never used it again. And none of the original films looked that good on it. There were a couple random st- streaming services that like had one thing where they're like, this is going to be our thing and we're going to be huge. Like, like AT&T audience network. Remember that? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, that's where I, that was the only place you could watch Mr. Mercedes. And I just pirated it, but uh, like everyone else. But now, you know, that's on Peacock because AT&T Audience Network only had Mr. Mercedes. They didn't yeah. have any other content. Yeah, no one talks about that with the stream. That was a weird period where like, because we only really had Hulu, Netflix and Prime starting to get big. Um, but anything that came out, it was just this weird like niche thing like Crackle and eight. AT&T audience now and you're like what the fuck is this and almost none of it survived almost none of it survived or it's like crackle no one really uses it anymore or now, the, it got bought just for the content it got absorbed into one of the other ones yeah because now now we're at the you know the boom where we have like HBO Max if I would be HBO Max whatever the fuck they won't call it when they do their merger with Discovery Plus um, for whenever the fuck that's supposed to happen um, and you got Peacock you, you know you got all this shit now that's like yeah, that's a period of like streaming that no one talks about. Yeah, because everyone was, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people are embarrassed. Like just socially. It's like I used to have crackle. Oh, I hope no one finds out. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know what? Put it on record. I in high school, so come at me anyway. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Had crackle. <laughs> I don't think I signed up for any weird ones. I was like, I've got the main says. And I'm good. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, yeah, now now I have the main season. I'm fine. I I'm good now. Um, but the sequel on Crackle, uh, its reception its reception seems to have pretty much mirrored that of the original. Um, critics hated it. It seems like the fan reaction again has been pretty positive towards it. So, you know, outside of working with you know Sandler, he has Joe Dirt. <laughs> I'll go ahead and watch that. Just for kicks. Joe Dirt 2, beautiful loser. <laughs> and then Kid Rock comes back. I think they all come back. Oh, Jesus Christ. 
I know Christopher Watkins in the second one too. If they can get him, they can get fucking Kid Rock. That's true. I think Patrick Wilburn's in the Oh, um, it's either him or Robbery. Well, they got someone. Um, and that's it. That's all I can development. No, like I said it was it was light. That's why we did the list today. Very nice. All right, if you got nothing more on uh development, no, let's see. Let's move on to the awards. Um, and yeah, not gonna be on. Probably not gonna be our longest episode because uh for this uh this awards I think it's safe to say we both kind of had to be nitpicky because we both enjoy this. So anything we say, my silver lining, I think it's the only time where I say our true feelings when we come out. Um we were nitpicking. Well, maybe worst performance. I think we both kind of agree that that's the one thing we kind of were like, yeah, this is yeah. Um yeah, but those that just nitpick. So with that said, um Zach Snyder, the worst scene, what do you got? This was, yeah, you're right. It's, it's, it's hard to give negative awards to a movie you actually do like. <laughs> We've experienced that before on this show with Doom and the Dukes of Hazard, and But here we are with Joe Dirt. And I, I had to go with the scene where Charlie the dog has his nuts frozen to the porch. Because I do not like watching that nutsack stretch. That fucking hurt. <laughs> I... I, I know I've said... I can't remember if I said on the show, show but I, was, I know I've said it with my dog likes to like get as close to the tv as possible if he starts to see and hear another dog on the tv that whole scene i'm actually like barely paying attention because i'm looking at my dog going no stay he's he's looking at me like come on dad i want to i got us man i got i'll protect us i'm like it's the fucking tv don't you do it (laughs) well it's 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 just watching a a Labrador's nutsack and frozen to the porch and the dog whining and Brandy trying to like just coming up with crazy ass ways to free him. She's like hedge clippers and a fork and Joe's like, no, no, no. What's wrong with you? No. Which, but yeah. If you jump to that conclusion, get your fucking dog's balls like cut off. Just, just do it, guys. That was a stretched sack. Jesus Christ. I mean, if they'd gotten the dog fixed, Joe Don Baker might not have lost a leg. That's true. My dog's fixed, so. Yeah. So if you ever end up trapped in the in the on the railroad, your dog's gonna save you. You'll be fine. Unless there's a score, and then I'm fucked because he's gonna go try to kill the score. (laughs) He's like the dog and up on that one. Score, and then he's out. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) Yeah, I have a cat, so I don't have a dog, and he just Uh, he's just weird. No, yeah, my cat right now is like if there's because it's summer, right? So if there's ever a bug in the house, my cat actually both the cats, my cat and my my Josh's cat, are losing their minds looking for a fly. They're like, "Where is it? I'm <laughs> going to murder it." Uh, what is your worst scene? Mine has to do with the dogs, and it's a quick scene, and it's only because I didn't need to see it. And that's the the very brief scene of the two dogs fucking. <laughs> I could have just had the whole like joke that was the punchline later, and I would have been fine not having to see the whole like them go at it. Um, also, because it was just so brief, it's like, did you have to put it in? I bet that took a lot of setup. Like they had to get that dog aroused, they had to make sure the other dog was willing to take it. Like they had to just get that right. And I'm like, yeah, I wonder if like the like AD putting that together was like, do we need this? 
Consent is consent, even if it's an animal. <laughs> Were there any uh, other contenders or? No, I actually, I was literally sitting there the whole time going, I have nothing else to write. <laughs> it, I, I saw this and went, okay. And then I wrote it down real quick. And I was like, if anything else pops up, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. And nothing came to mind because I was too busy laughing at everything else. I nearly went with the whole, like, he thinks he fucked his sister thing. But that was just really funny. I was like, I that was funny. And it wasn't his sister. So I was like, okay. Yeah, if it was really his sister, I'd be like, oh, yeah, no, 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 no. But it wasn't. It was a funny joke. Yeah. I just, I did like when he's like, she's like, do I need to pretend to be your sister? No. Like, You're I'm some sister. sort of white trash perv. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm your sister. I'm your sister. He's like, I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh. It's, a, it's a funny fucking movie. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. This this is really quick scene just because I was like, yeah, you could have cut out and been fine. Um, yeah, nothing else really contending with that. Um, moving on to the next one, that was also hard because I was laughing at most of the fucking lines. Um, Ed Wood, worst lines are line. I'm going. I'm going to assume you have one because I know I only have one. I only have one, and I had to really stretch because uh, I think the, the the dialogue is funny. Rule number one. I'm number one. Like, there's a lot of funny lines in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Walken was cracking me up. Boom. Get it to sew that. I, I like it. when he's like, no, it was, he actually helped and says his name and you just him go, oh, shit. Oh, and the guy's like, what are you talking about? You carried it out. He's like, shut up, you hard on. <laughs> to the guy. Are you from New York? No, I'm from uh, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. No, born and raised, though not here. Kansas. Like, Shot and killed, New York City. I mean, Kansas. <laughs> that whole thing was great. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I had to really nitpick, and it's just. I always thought this was a stupid thing to say to somebody. It's when uh, toward the end, when uh, Joe goes back to Silvertown to talk to Brandy, and he meets Kid Rock, and Kid Rock makes him cry, and he's yelling at him, "Why don't we take you down to McDonald's to get you a Wham burger and some French fries? How about a wine again?" Like Jesus, man, you're a grown man. Sweat, say fuck you or something. It was stupid, but I was kind of laughing at that line. I was like, "This is the stupidest shit I'm hearing out of a grown man's mouth." Def Leppard sucks. <laughs> they do. I swear to God, I like, I grew up with a dad that really tried to defend Def Leppard. Oh, cool, their drummer can still drum. Oh my God. That is impressive, but holy shit, they have two good songs, people. Two. That's it. They have at least five. Name anything that isn't pour some sugar on me. Armageddon it. It's a good song. Sure it is. Rock of Ages. Photograph. Hysteria. Let me see how many I have on my phone. Let's just calm down real quick. We're going to sidebar real quick for Def Leppard. Never thought I'd be saying that. I'm seeing these guys in August. So yep, pour some sugar on me and Rock of Ages. It's all I count as our good means songs. It's all I got. Look up Armageddon. It that is a good song. They're all not right. that great of a band. They do suck though. They're not great, but they have some good songs. And it is pretty cool that that guy can still drop. I'm not saying that part isn't cool. I'm just saying like I, I everyone I meet that talks about how great they are. I'm like, well, name some songs. And instead of naming songs. That aren't pour some sugar on me, they'll be like, Well, they're a drummer. And I'm like, okay, besides their fucking drummer, 
say, talk about their drummer one more goddamn time. Well, I named songs. <laughs> so listen to those songs. I'll give you credit for naming songs. But most people are just like, but they're trying like, shut the fuck up and tell me something that isn't about the goddamn tremor for Def Leppard. <laughs> fuck. Yes. Didn't didn't realize I was I was entering dangerous territory. Sorry. My dad has the only two Def Leppard albums that count. He really tried to convince me that they were good. He played them. And they were the actual, I'm not saying albums as in like the actual albums, but that is a huge stack of albums from when he worked at a record company. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Um, he put I got Pyromania on vinyl. Nice. Uh, but Steph Leverts, fuck you. But uh, <laughs> he put he put them in and the whole time she's going on, I'm sorry, dad, like other than the songs I know, I no, I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. And he did the same thing. He just kept talking about the fucking drummer. Just kept going on about the drummer. Armageddon it, Animal, Foolin', all decent tracks. I'll give yeah. you credit for naming songs. I'll give you that much. I'll take it. I will take it. But, uh... <laughs> Sorry, the cats just put a definite, like... Like a sibling thing with a female cat just ran around my legs, get ready for my my cat. <laughs> like, ah, oh, I'm under him now. He'll hurt you. <laughs> what just happened? Um cat likes Def Leopard. That's what happened. No. Uh my line is also from Kid Rock. And again, this is a nitpicky line that he says at the beginning. And it's I mainly picked it because like he says it, but there's nothing built built up other than like he wants to fuck her. That makes this line make any sense. And that is uh, when he tells his bros. <laughs> I'm going to assume his ultra MAGA Brandon bros. Because it's fucking Kid Rock. Um, that one day I'm going to marry that girl. Yeah, she clearly doesn't like him. It it makes no yeah, it makes no sense. Because we only had that one scene where she clearly doesn't like him. Yeah. And it's very cliched line. Like how many movies have you watched where that line has been uttered? It's always the by movie. the psycho asshole who she has no interest in too every time it's like okay maybe uh no even later on like he tells joe they're getting married it's like no no they're not i i nearly put for my line of when he's uh when joe's reading auto trader and robbie just shows up and they start talking about brandy and he randomly just goes she wants my body (laughs) but i almost had that but the whole, you know, how about a Wineken? I just, I, it's so obnoxious. Wineken, God. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, yeah, just not a great line, which I think brings us to the same person we have for our Steven Seagal worst performance. The, Amer- get- the American badass himself. Kid Rock. Kid Rock. God. Why is he here? I th- this came out when he was, I think, technically still like big. Um, I mean, during that like six month period. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think he was making his transition from like rap, rap, rock, whatever, to like rock music. It was like American Jesus or the fuck it was called, Rock and Roll Jesus, had come out. Oh Jesus, I remember that. Yeah, I think this was like when that had come out. So he was like making that transition. That it was before his country phase, and he did like the. Um, Sweet Home Alabama with for all summer long. Oh yeah, ugh. 
I remember that. My uh, comp- remember Spurgeon in high school. Yes, he that played was one of his songs. Every day, every fucking day. That the goddamn flash dance song, fucking New York, New York. Dude, I have those I, songs ingrained in my fucking head, man. Yeah, I had nothing against Spurgeon. He seemed like a cool dude. He was a, I, a nice old man. But my lord, I heard the same songs every day, and I took his class for twice. So I took one one of it my first year, and then one in my like junior year or something like that. So I was in his classroom twice. I heard the same songs for two fucking years. I'm in the same same boat, dude. Junior year, I took that class I took with you. Then senior year, I took a college prep class that he taught. So nothing changed. The, 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 the playlist didn't change ever. How, how did he do it? How did he deal with listening to the same songs every single day? He loved those songs. God. That fucking, oh, what, that chicken fried country song, whatever the fuck that is. Oh. Yeah, every time I hear one of those songs, I like fly into a blind rage. They're they're like they they trigger me like the Manchurian Candidate. It's fucking crazy. I'm just like ah, I'm instantly in a bad mood. God, yeah, God, I, uh, Mr. Spurgeon, what a man. Yeah, <laughs> what a man that we were gifted with in Blanco High School. God. Oh, good times. Yeah, Kid Rock. Um, yeah, why is he here? Like, why? Yeah, I guess the movie needs a bad guy, but I mean, he doesn't really do anything other than just occasionally drive by listening to the same uh, BTO track and blasting Joe Dirt with Dirt. I'm honestly surprised they weren't like he didn't try to get them to just play Kid Rock songs. I, I, I don't, I'm glad that that didn't happen. Like, you think he really pushed for ball, ball to ball? He had played or like American Badass or something. Like, he swung by with Cowboy playing every time. I would be, I, it would piss me off. <laughs> I'd be like, no, fuck off. I love it. Even like the last time he shows up, he doesn't even have the boys. Like, they abandoned him too. Yeah. It's, it's just him. The boys are like, hey, we're tired of your shit. Much like I feel like uh, any friends he's had in real life ever since he's gone. Very, very, very right wing po- politics with his music. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's a walking joke. Yeah, I I God, when I saw that video for like "Let's Go Brandon," I was like, "Oh my god, Ugh. what is happening?" I had to watch our sheer curiosity, and it's just like I was like, "I'm not unseeing this ever in my fucking mind." I was perfectly able to give up on Kid Rock a long time ago. I don't. I. I honestly don't think about him often, unless I'm watching Joe Dirt, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's Kid Rock." There he is. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking terrible in this movie, and it's not like this movie's loaded with Oscar-winning performances. It's just Kid Rock sucks. Yeah. Don't you forget it, Dirt. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I know there's obviously many musicians that have made the transition to acting, and they can do both. Whatever they want to do, you know, obviously Rob Zombie, you know, he does music and he directs, right? Um, but yeah, Kid Rock's not good though. Yeah. I don't like Dennis Miller either. He's a conservative nut job too, who's tried to be like a conservative comic, and that just doesn't work. But he's hilarious in this as the talk show host guy, Xander Kelly. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
what are you doing? Stunt work for Billy Ray Cyrus? <laughs> the shit he says to Joe is hilarious. Yeah, no, he's yeah. I that's the only conversation I but I think like I'm not fans when they they clearly take like a political side and that's all they focus on with their jokes. And I'm like, okay, like I don't either side for me is like, okay, shut the hell up. Um, unless that's what you do, like John Stewart or like Stephen Colbert or you know Bill Maher with his show. Um, but they had shows that were kind of centered around that, so I could I that was fine. Yeah. When you um, when you're going in expecting a political stance on your on your comedy, that's great. But when it's all you do, when it's like you're just dragging politics into un, into it unnecessarily, then you're just kind of an attention whore, and that's not good for anybody. Yeah, and I'll say again, right? Like you know, with Stephen Colbert at the time and John Stewart, they had the Daily Show, they had the Stephen Colbert report that they literally were airing it back to back at night. So it was like you had like, and they both made a point. One was the more conservative type, one was the more liberal type. So then you got two different viewpoints in your night. Yeah, I love that about it. Even the Colbert report was like he was playing a, a character named Stephen Colbert, who was a conservative pundit. I thought that was really clever. Yeah. Like I, I used to love when like we had a, when an election would happen because you guys see how they both react. Like um, I think like when Obama got reelected, you had like John Stewart being all happy and stuff on his show, and then like I remember like they cut to Colbert and he's just sitting there pouting, and he's like, "I'm not doing this show." Like <laughs> it's like I told you guys, no one listened, and then it did like the you know standby technical difficulties. He's like, so apparently I'm contractually obligated. To give you a show, so I guess we'll just power through, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love those guys. Uh, I don't love Kid Rock, and he oh. he loses the movie. He does. They could have picked anyone else that wasn't Kid Rock. I don't think we're in short supply of white trash working in Hollywood. Um, speaking of the Michael Bay <laughs> segway, uh, worst filmmaking decision. So again. Nitpick. What 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 did you come up with? Uh, I had to nitpick because really I don't have a lot of structural issues with the movie. Uh, I just I I picked a um an abandoned plot point. I wish that we'd gotten a little closure on what happened to his sister. Oh wow! They never do talk about that. No, there's the fake out with the sister. We know that he did have a sister. She's mentioned many times throughout, and then we do meet the parents. We never hear anything about the sister. So unless like she pops up in, in Joe Dirt 2, which she very well might. I haven't seen the movie. Uh, in this movie, we never get any closure on that. So it's weird to bring it also, up and then never do anything with it. Also, for his parents, uh, R.I.P. Fred Ward. Am I right? Yeah, that was a surprise. I, I was like, oh, yeah, Fred. Hmm. Yeah, I saw him. I was like, oh, no, I forgot he was in this movie. Yeah. Damn shame. Yeah. But he played a great asshole in this. <laughs> yeah, he did. Um, yeah, no, it. I, I forgot about that, actually. They bring that up and then never bother to talk about his sister, like, ever again. Yeah, it's odd. Um, For mine, again, this is a, a nitpick. And I just put that, like, admittedly, every so often the wraparound story of him at the, the radio station talking about this isn't always the most engaging. There's times where I'm like, okay, I just want to see the journey. I don't necessarily want to see the 
the um the radio stuff but i mean it does pay off in the end when you it delivers its message it's just there are times i was like okay cool let's cut to back to the his his journey yeah i'll give you that it, it it's abruptly it kind of interrupts the main narrative from time to time when you're like ah i was into that now i got got to do this again so I'll, yeah i'll give you that yeah and at times like dennis miller was making me laugh but then at times i was like kind of being a prick like shut the fuck up <laughs> you are exquisitely pathetic <laughs> yeah hey this is uh it's just brandy you know i really liked you at the beginning of this story <laughs> but as it went on how the hell did they get her so fast like he never gave them a last name they found her the whole country was really engaged in this in this story and finding her there is no way in hell she is the only brandy in idaho oh there's no goddamn way (laughs) but uh yeah i but really like the good vastly outweighs the bad in this movie i there's scenes like the fucking you know atom bomb fake out which is ridiculous uh the meteor which turns out to be a huge pile of shit. I love the guy. Like, well, it ain't a meteor. It's a big old frozen chunk of shit. It's just like, what? You see that corn? You see the corn right there? <laughs> that's that's a space peanut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but yeah, it's. I love the whole Buffalo Bob thing. <laughs> it that puts was... the Joe Dirt in the hole. I love how it's so nice. He's like, I get it. You put the Joe Dirt in the hole. Give me my lotion. I love that all he wanted was Auto Trader. Like yeah. that was his only bargaining chip. <laughs> and he didn't even seem to mind it. Like everyone's like, that's not what I heard when it comes to Buffalo Bob. And he's just like, nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. <laughs> I was fine. I love that it was the alien bounty hunter from X Files. <laughs> like when you hear the cops, he's like, oh shit. And he just like runs out. <laughs> I get it. You put the lotion on the skin. Gah. <laughs> Say it. Don't spray it. You towel now. It does when it's told. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, this it's a silly movie. I love it. I love the, all the Christopher Walken stuff with him being in the witness protection program. And <laughs> You're alive. Shh, be quiet. I gotta act like I'm dead right now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Great. Well, then on that note, let's do probably what's actually gonna be easy in the server lining. Um, the one positives. What what did you bring up and probably what was a lot easier to pick? I honestly just went overall like more uh big picture. It's it's fucking funny, it's hilarious, it's a decent movie, and that's that's what you want. It's it's great. I don't know what all these critics like, what's the beef here? Did you see David Spade and just start just saw red? Just immediately went to the computer like fuck this. They saw the mullet and went, God damn it. If you look at the poster, this looks like a terrible movie. It's him, you know, with a mullet and a and a mop looking like a hero. And it's like, oh, this looks stupid. Then you watch it, and you know what? He's a good dude. And like, why does everybody fucking hate him? I, I don't know. And it has like again insane people pop up like Tyler Maine, who played fucking Michael Myers. Yeah. And he's the, Rob Zombie telling me just pops up randomly. He's the guy who fights him at the oil rig, right? Yeah, yeah. It took it took me a mouse. I was like, that guy looks I was like, is that Tyler Maine? I looked, I was like, holy shit. He looked familiar, and I'm like, 
I had a moment of like saber tooth. Like I know that brow. Dude, I forget how big that guy is. Like, holy God, he's massive. Yeah, he's a he's, he's a trooper. <laughs> I love, can I have you done with that apple core yet? <laughs> done with that fart. You want that? <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> I love when he rips open the pipe and it's all spurting oil and he's just like, I'm new. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> Here's your, you're fired. Here's your week's check. I love when he does the police sketch after he's like, he gets bombed on insecticide in the, in the tent. And like, it ends up being like father time and the night stalker. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Oh, uh, for me, I I was, uh, so I was actually debating um, between what I picked and the fact that I do think David Spade's in very much top form in this movie, uh, comedy rise. Like he's, he's, he's delivering, but I went with the simple fact of just the kick-ass soundtrack. Oh um, yeah. You know me, you know, I'm a metal guy, but also like, you know, I'm a big uh, rock special class of rock guy. And like the soundtrack for this film kicks ass and it's because Joe dirt doesn't listen to <laughs> leaf Garrett. He listens to ACDC man, Van Halen, not Van Hagar. <laughs> Yeah, this they went all out on the soundtrack. We open with Skinner, we end with Cheap Trick, like, and everything in between is just gravy. Yeah, it, like, yeah. If you like, look, even if you don't like this film, you cannot deny the soundtrack. Or, and if you do, you're just a fucking heartless bastard. So, yeah, it's awesome. This is, you know, there's Fog Hat, there's uh, BTO, we got um, Doobie Brothers. Like, it's it's a who's who of '70s classic rock arts. It's awesome. Yeah, good kick-ass soundtrack. So that part was easy. I know it's just actually good thing had that ran down within like the first ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> with that, unless you got anything more to add, we can move on to uh, our next segment. What's in the box? What's in the fucking box? So. Like most films we discuss on this show, uh, not well rated, not well reviewed on uh, on Letterboxd. This is sitting at a 2.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. But the reviews were overwhelmingly positive. Like, not a lot of negative stuff. A lot of just like, I forgot how hilarious this was. And a lot of like, goddamn Joe Dirt is sexy. A lot of that. Which, the mullet. <laughs> it's the mullet. There was one lady who's like, God damn, I just like I'm getting hot and bothered just talking about it. I'm like, Jesus, settle down, lady. It's just Joe Dirt. <laughs> um, look, man, Billy Ray Cyrus is proof. Chicks take the mullet. Apparently. <laughs> and that icky, bricky heart. There's a big line to get into that party in the back. Uh, but I, <laughs> I found five that I thought were pretty funny. I hope you think so as well. This first one's from Sarah. The white trash Forrest Gump. Five stars. <laughs> you know what? I think about that. Yeah. That's an apt description of this film. <laughs> one could argue that Forrest Gump was raised white trash with that kind of mom. <laughs> she, he was raised white trash. Joe Dirt was born white trash. <laughs> as, 
as Dennis Miller said, he is so ingrained with white trash DNA. <laughs> it was bestowed upon him. Yeah. <laughs> I like how he had a mullet as a kid. They have to explain that. Yeah, like he's born without the top of his skull. He just lived with it. That's funny. <laughs> uh, number two. <laughs> this was funny and nothing. I, something I never thought about. This is from Cool Hand Griff. Opening scene shows him driving to work at the radio station, yet later in the movie we learn that he lives at the radio station. Otherwise flawless. Three and a half stars. I never thought of that. Okay. Where the hell is he coming from? His epic adventure. And that's how we got the great line. We're like, Joe Dirt. I like to say Joe Dirt Day. Naming you that, your daddy must have really hated you. What a thing to say to somebody. Like, everyone fucking hates him for some reason. So weird. But he does nothing hurt. To, hurt, to hurt anybody. But just on instinct, most people in this movie fucking despise him. Yeah. And then they, but then the, the story shows that he's just a good guy with a huge heart. And then America is like, no, we love you, Joe Dirt. <laughs> um, number I three. Love, sorry, I love at the end when Brandy comes in. They're like, she's like, let me talk to her. I was like, no, man, you need to stay back. I'm Brand. Why didn't you just say that? Come yeah. on. It's Brandy. Brandy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that, yeah, it's wild. Uh, yeah, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I don't care. Uh, number three. This is from Overmayor. Holy fucking shit. This one is actually fun. Joe Dirt rules. This film really has aged shockingly well. And outside of a few gross-out moments, it's funny. I especially like how it casts Joe Don Baker and Kid Rock as irredeemable shitheads, just like in real life. <laughs> Genuinely enjoyable film, three and a half stars. <laughs> that part I didn't predict. It's just kind of like they got really lucky. Well, at that point, Joe Don Baker had already kind of proven himself to be kind of a shithead. But Kid okay. Rock, I think we all saw it coming. <laughs> but, it, you know, sometimes... When you know when it looks like dog shit and it smells like dog shit, it really is dog shit. He looked like dog shit, probably smells like dog shit. He dated Pamela Anderson. We all went, yep, probably tell we're human being. He did, didn't he? I forgot about that. Yeah. She, oh, she really Tommy. had great taste in men, didn't she? Yep, yep. having Tommy Lee. <laughs> oh boy. Number four. <laughs> this is from Bryce Howe. How we weren't taught about this American hero in our history classes is beyond me. Three and a half stars. <laughs> Salute you. She's in all schools. This is the real dirt. rock and roll Jesus right here. <laughs> you can't have no in your heart. <laughs> and this last one, I love it. This is from C. Colligan. You letterboxed elite can suck my eggplant and marble bag. I love this movie with my heart. I remember watching this as a kid during many summer late night movie marathons. Call it a sentimental attachment or I'll, or I'll going to call it what it really is. A legitimate comedy that has laugh out loud scenes and characters. If you don't like this movie, unfollow my account right now. And he gave this a star. I mean, a, a heart, which means he absolutely loved this movie. God, you can suck my eggplant and marble bag. Love that. I love that. You elitists suck my balls. I love this movie. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I I like this movie a lot. 
if we were rating, which we don't really do here because it just wouldn't be fair, I, I would give this an eight. Same. I give it an eight. This is a, this is a fun comedy. Yeah. Uh, is that all that's in the box this that week? all that's in the box. All right. Let's do some house cleaning. Before I reveal what's on next week's episode, uh, first off, social media. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under Filmgasm Productions. If you want to shoot us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm at gmail.com. If you'd like to donate and support us in any way, you can find us on Anchor. And then finally, feel free to go on our website, filmgasm.com, for reviews, trailers, articles, and all of our episodes. Next week, we'll be tackling the forgotten shot for shot remake. Cabin Fever from 2016. Oof. Oh boy. Uh have not seen this. I have heard it is one of the most unnecessary films ever made. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm very curious because it's two different mindsets watching this film. It's you who is not really the biggest fan of the first film, you know, you lied to me for years. Um, <laughs> and then it's myself who is a big fan of the first one. So it's, it's going to be an interesting watch. I don't hate cabin fever the way I hate Dick Riddick. I just don't, I just didn't think it was great, but I didn't hate it. It's a seven. That's something. Both, both films you lied to me for years about are great films. You son of a bitch. Listen to our cabin fever episode on filmgasm to hear my thoughts and Caleb's thoughts on the real movie and not this weird imposter wearing its skin for some reason. No, you have to know next week to our thoughts on this one. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this one because I just don't want to watch this, but here we are. We're here now. <laughs> Something we will be, that will be fun to talk about on Filmgasm, uh, we'll be discussing one of the best comedies in recent years, The Nice Guys. Great fucking movie. God, it makes me laugh every time. Yeah, it's been a minute since I sat down and watched it, but I loved it when I saw it. It's hilarious. Gosling and Crow. Doing doing their best. I die every time at the party scene with fucking um, Ryan Gosling. He's like, why the fuck are we in the pool? I was getting the mermaid. You were getting the fucking mermaid? What? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's going to be a good one. Um, and then Oscar Sunday, uh, due to Austin's impending nuptials, congratulations to him and Brianna. Uh, we will be taking over Oscar Sunday. That's right. Boys are back in town. Shit's about to get a lot less highbrow. It's going look, we're going to take Austin. Austin's really, which, yes, by the way, congratulations, Austin. I know I haven't, I don't think I've said it yet. Congratulations. I'll send the group chat in case he doesn't hear this episode. Um, uh yeah, we're taking like the high art that is Oscar Sunday, and you asked me to fill in, and I have to bring it down to my level. I'm not I'm not raising up for it. <laughs> I'm souping it down to my level. So that's why we went with a nice, simple kids movie known as Toy Story Two. <laughs> now we were always planning to do this one. Lightyear comes out this weekend, so in honor of Pixar's latest, we decided to go back to the Toy Story well. Toy Story 2, we could do all four of these films on Oscar Sunday because they're all four critical darlings that we're honored. 
And two, I believe, is uh, particularly of special significance to you. Yes, uh, I'll get more into it when we, um, it comes out. There's, um, if you guys were listening on the Toy Story 1 episode, and, um, you know, I know you've, you know me, there's a particular scene, a particular song that hits. And I actually watched this. We record this on Wednesdays. I watched it on Monday, actually, to prep for the episode. And I was eating my Chipotle. <laughs> And I had to stop eating because as the scene was coming up, it started happening. And I was like, God damn it, I'm 29 still. So I had to have a moment and it, it got me. It still gets me. I No matter how hard I try to tackle the D, it's like that fucking scene on the Fox and the Hound to this day. <laughs> yeah, there's certain films that just, I, I got a couple of it too. Like if it's on and I'm paying attention, I'm, I'm tears are going to well up. <laughs> this is going to happen. Uh. So it'll be fun to talk about Toy Story 2, go back to Pixar, and uh, that's what we got this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, forward to, uh, looking forward to it. It's nice when we have it beyond the bad with a film that's not that actually bad, because then it just makes a good week. Yeah. <laughs> um, unlike next week. Uh, until then, if your parents happen to leave you at the Grand Canyon at a young age and never seem to look for you, you just leave it. I'll go on that epic adventure. Take your pick. Up to you. But until then, see you all next week on Beyond the Bed. Thank you.